Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents part one of his teaching, It's Not Too Late. The title of my message this morning is called, It's Not Too Late. It's not too late. This will be part one of a part one and two series that we'll finish next week. Uh, I have not preached this since January of 2017. And I went and I looked in the stats on the podcast and I found out that it's not too late. Both part one and part two are both the most downloaded podcasts that I've ever done. Almost 300 downloads for each of those episodes, which for a small church like us, that's huge. So I guess it touches a chord with the people that hear it. Amen. So I thought, why should I deprive my congregation of that message that hasn't been preached in five years? And most of the people here weren't here five years ago. Amen. So it's not too late. And I think I'm going to make you think. I'm going to help you dream with some of the things I talk about. You know, in chapter 3 of his letter to the Philippians, Paul expresses very eloquently and very powerfully his desire to really know Jesus Christ, to experience the fullness of the resurrection power that was made available to all believers when God raised Jesus from the dead. He talks about his desire to walk in that resurrection power to such a level of perfection that it would utterly transform him into the image of the resurrected Christ. Philippians chapter 3, I'm going to read verse 10, the first part of verse 10, and then verse 12 through 14 in the Amplified. It really brings out the heart of the Apostle Paul in a very powerful way. So verse 10, Paul says, For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. Down to verse 12. Not that I have now attained this ideal or have already been made perfect, But I press on to lay hold of, grasp, and make my own that for which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold of me and made me his own. So in speaking of this ideal level of perfection or completeness, Paul, he goes on to say that although he has not yet attained it, he considers it a goal to be constantly strived for, a goal that is worthy of our life's effort. Verse 13, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet, but one thing I do, it is my one aspiration. Listen to this. If it's his one aspiration, it must be his top priority. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. How many in this room, you don't have to show a show of hands, I know it's everybody, you have struggled with this, putting the mistakes of your past 
into your past where they belong so you can move forward into what Jesus has for you. So he says, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. Amen. The writer of the Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 1. He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. If you take this passage and put it together with the passage we just read from Philippians chapter 3, It's easy to see that according to the Apostle Paul, one of the things that seems to weigh us down the most is memories of our past. I share a little bit of my testimony. Since February of 2014, when Trisha and I were still living in Louisiana, and God was dealing with us about moving to North Carolina, He began to speak to me at an accelerated rate with dreams and visions. It was a wild ride. And during this time of transition and now seven years down the road, we're here now in Wilmington. We started this church, amen, and we're pressing on toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus for faith, life, fellowship. So during this time of transition and now seven years down the road, there's been one thing that the Lord has made repeatedly clear to me because I do struggle from time to time with memories of my past. I cannot move forward he said, into the things he's called me to do in the future if I'm not willing to let go of some of the things I keep clinging to in my past. Now, I talk a lot with my wife about it because she's my best friend and we talk about everything. And she always says, how come you do that to yourself, you know? (laughs) Evidently, she doesn't do it to the degree that I do, you know? I lash myself from past mistakes, you know? 39 stripes, you know? Now, as believers, we know in our spirits that the mistakes of our past, our sins, our wrong choices have been forgiven, forgotten, and forever washed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. We know that. But if we're not careful, we can resurrect the past and we can allow the mistakes of our past, the missed opportunities, the wrong choices and decisions that we've made to torture and vex our souls in a way that can be extremely agonizing can I hear an amen and the ones that seem to bother us the most are the ones that happen at some key juncture in our lives times that seem to us to be destiny altering moments we find ourselves saying things like if I had just done this or that or made this decision or not made that wrong turn, or finished what I started, or thought things through, you fill in the blank. If I had just done that, things would have worked out so much better for me. I'd be so much further along in my walk with God and the particular race that He has called me to run. Amen? Anybody else beside me ever thought like that? I know I'm not alone. 
So I want to take a few moments to encourage you to share something with you if you, like me, have found yourself falling into this trap. It is a profound revelation that has completely transformed the whole way I have of thinking when it comes to my calling, my future, and the dreams that God has placed into my heart. So one particular evening during the spring of 2014, this is before we moved again here to North Carolina. We were still in Louisiana. I wrestled through the night. I remember that night. I wrestled all through the night with memories of my past. As I drifted in and out of sleep, I kept seeing images of my past flash before me over and over and over again. It was torturous. I soon found myself rehearsing all the wrong turns and bad decisions that I'd made over the years that from my perspective were destiny-altering moments. Now, as each of these items continually flashed before me, I would agonize over what might have been had I made the right decision or not made the wrong turn in my life. These images haunted me and tortured me through the night until finally, right before dawn, the Lord spoke clearly to me. And he said this. This is so awesome. I wrote it down verbatim. This is what he said to me. Everything you have lost in your past, whether due to mistakes that you made, injustices that were done to you by others, or circumstances beyond your control, can and will be restored in your future if you will run the race that I call you to run and not look back. It was a powerful moment in my life. Powerful moment. I will never forget it. So how can that be, you might say? I've got dreams that I believe God spoke into my heart, but there doesn't seem to be enough time left for them to be fulfilled. After all, I just turned 30 or 50 or 70. Hey, listen, Abram was 75 before he received his first mandate, his first dream, his first calling from God. So we got no reason to worry about the number attached to your name, amen? Let me just tell you right now, very boldly, I can say this. God has not forgotten about your dream. I'll say it again. God has not forgotten about your dream. Your dream was not an afterthought with God. It was His forethought. It was His idea in the first place. 2 Timothy 1.9, New King James, an absolute mind-blower of a scripture. Talking about God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. It's so cool to be able to say that. Before time began, before space and time were created, before the universe as we know it was created. Amen. God saw you, he knew your name, and he had a calling and a dream for your life. There's a scripture from the Psalms that, that captures this truth in a really heartwarming and personal way. It's not really self-evident when you read it, 
for the first time, but just let me tell you, this is about lost dreams. This is what this Psalm 56 verse 8 is about, lost dreams, dreams that we think are lost, slipping through our fingers, never be fulfilled. So let me read you Psalm 56 verse 8 in the New Living Translation. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Now, this particular psalm was written by David after he had been captured by the Philistines in Gath, which, if you will remember, was the hometown of Goliath. So they had finally caught the one that killed their champion and had helped the armies of Israel hand the Philistines a crushing and humiliating defeat. Although God had promised David that he would one day be king and Samuel had already anointed him with oil as the next king of Israel, it looked like he had run out of time. It looked like his life was about to be snuffed out before the promise of God could be fulfilled. But most of us know the end of that story. David was delivered and eventually became the king of Israel just like God had promised. So let me submit something to you. Think about this. Sometimes, just like David, we shed tears in the night over dreams that seem lost to us. Dreams that seem like they've slipped through our fingers. Dreams that we feel like we will never recover. We often say to ourselves and to the Lord, there just doesn't seem to be enough time left to get it done. But hear me out. This is why this scripture is so precious to me. If God has your tears in a bottle, I promise he hasn't forgotten. He's got those dreams in his hand. And he's had them in his hand since before time began. Before the universe as we know it even existed. That brings great comfort to me when I think about that, when I contemplate that. Amen. That's why I can boldly say there's more than enough time for your dreams to be fulfilled. You just have to think about time in a different way. Amen. And that's what I'm going to challenge you with here today. God is able to redeem the time. Joel 2.25 declares that God is able to restore the years that the locust has eaten. There were times in Israel's history when year after year of crops would be laid waste by swarms of locusts before they could be harvested. Years of effort would come to nothing. There would be no fruit. There would be no harvest. But this is more than just a scripture about crops being restored and harvest time. It is a metaphor that God is using to let his people know that he has the ability to restore years of fruitfulness in your life that seem lost to us. Amen. Sometimes it takes a process of time, and that can be difficult. There's something about the passage of time that has a way of eroding and chipping away at our confidence in God's ability to bring our dreams to pass. 
it's because we're not eternal in the same sense that God is. We think in terms of time, finite time. But God doesn't think that way, and He doesn't want us to think that way. Proverbs 13, 12 captures this heart-sick thing that I'm talking about. As time goes by, year after year after year, and your dream just seems to be getting further and further away instead of closer to you. Proverbs 13, 12 declares, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Amen. Now over there in Hebrews 1, verse 3, if you were to read it in the Amplified, you'd find out it makes it clear that God was the author of space and time, something we already knew, amen? And listen to this bit of logic. You know, sometimes the gospel is logical, you know? Not always. Sometimes you have to take a leap of faith, but I think God, for the most part, is preeminently logical. So listen to this. If God was the author of time, How can time stop God from fulfilling what He Himself has authored in your life? When it comes to your dream, your calling, look at the bigger picture. There's a bigger picture that I want you to see this morning, a much more panoramic way of looking at these kind of things. Now, when our girls were younger and living at home, Uh, A lot of times we would go out and we would rent videos. Remember those days where you rented the videos? And we put the video in and we would argue over whether to watch it in widescreen format or fitted to your TV. And it was usually me against the rest of the family. And the girls would say, Dad, it's got a band on the top and the bottom and it's all skinny and drawn out. It looks stupid. I'm like, yeah, but it's the way the movie was made. You chop off the ends, you're missing a lot. You know, the best argument I could come up with for watching it in widescreen was this. Listen to this. This is profound. Because that's the way the director intended for you to see the movie. Without it, you miss so much of the bigger picture, for lack of a better phrase. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I encourage you to look at the big picture when it comes to your life. Look at the widescreen version. Look at the one that the director wants you to see, the director of your life, God Almighty. Amen. And this next scripture, my wife's most favorite scripture in the Bible is all about changing the way you think about God and what He can do for you over time. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. I've got it here, and I've mixed the KJV and the Amplified together, so just bear with me as we trudge through it because it is so full of revelation. It just stirs me up just to read it. Paul says to the Ephesians, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. The Amplified says super abundantly. 
far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams, according to the power that works in us. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. A big amen to that. Now, what what I want you to see is this. We have been conditioned to think that time will one day be no more. We hear it preached all the time. But maybe a better way to look at it is that time will one day cease to have meaning because we'll have so much of it. Time is never going to end. We've also been conditioned to think that if we don't accomplish everything God has placed in our hearts to do in this life, that there'll be no opportunity to accomplish it in the future. If our dreams are not fully realized in this life, then they won't be in the next life. This is what we think. I think we've also been conditioned to think that in the next life, somehow we will be different. We will be boring. We won't have dreams. We won't have assignments. We won't have gifts and callings from God. Nothing could be further from the truth. Romans 11.29 in the Amplified. Paul says to the Romans, For God's gifts and His call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given, and He does not change His mind about those to whom He gives His grace or to whom He sends His call. Amen. He's not ever going to take His gift away from you, so there must be some way in the next life for you to operate in your gift. Amen. To follow your dream if it wasn't fulfilled in this life. It can be in the next life in ways that we are not able to even conceive of right now. Inconceivable. Like that guy. Don't get me laughing. So I challenge you to think about your life, your gift, your calling, your dream from a much broader perspective when it comes to time. Let's take a closer look at Ephesians 3.21. You know, Paul said, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. He's talking about the guy in verse 20. Amen. So what I did is I pieced together a literal translation that I read from another scholar, and I want to read it to you about verse 21, and just bear with me. This is, call this the SRF version, Scott Robin Forrest version. This is the way I see Ephesians 3.21. Unto him be glory, the one who is able to do all those fantastic things in verse 20 beyond our wildest imagination according to the resurrection power of God that lives within us in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, time without end. Amen. That means no one gets left out. Every believer from every generation can hold on to this amazing promise of God. It means, listen to this, this is the mind blower. It means that there will be no lack of days, no lack of weeks, 
months, years, decades, centuries, millennia, absolutely no lack of time for God to bring to pass everything in your life that he said he would do in and through you. And some of those things might just happen in another time, in another place, in the next life perhaps, and as I already said, in ways that are currently beyond our ability to conceive. Now, I know I've given you a lot to think about, so I'll just leave it there and we'll pick it up next week. In the meantime, let me wrap it up with the following charge. Make up your mind that you're going to forget the past. As the Apostle Paul said, make it your one aspiration. Realize that the mistakes and failures of your past cannot and will not determine your future if you will run the race that God has called you to run and refuse to look back. Why? Because it's not too late. And as we'll discuss next week, it's really never too late. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed part one of Dr. Forrest's message, It's Not Too Late. If you're in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 10 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 1030 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.